Hello listeners, welcome to another installment of the North Alabama Conference's Read Together podcast. I am Matt Andrews, elder and pastor of one of the best congregations in North Alabama, Pleasant Grove United Methodist. It is a delight to read with you today. First, a little bit about me. I am celebrating my 10th year of marriage to my beautiful wife, Emily. Emily works at Sanford University in the worship and music department. We share together three beautiful children under the age of four. Yes, pray for us. Their names are Elliot, Olivia, and Henry. As you can imagine, life stays pretty busy in the Andrews household. That's why I am thankful to take a moment to take this break, shall we say, in the storm, and simply explore God's Word together with you. Before we open up the text for today, though, I I want you to ask yourself this. What does it mean to love? As you reflect on this question, I invite you to turn with me to the second letter of John. Now, if you are having trouble finding this book quickly in your Bible, there's a good reason for this. Second John is the second shortest book of the entire Bible, second only to third John. <laughs> With only 245 words in the Greek translation, second John is more like a, a postcard than a letter. And so, because of this, we're just going to read all of it right now. <laughs> if nothing else is gained from this devotional, afterwards you can tell all your friends that you just read an entire book of the Bible in one minute flat. Isn't that cool? Well, let's get started, shall we? A reading from the second letter of John. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we have been commanded by the Father. But now, dear lady, I ask you, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Let us love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard it from the beginning. You must walk in it. Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Be on your guard so that you do not lose what we have worked for, but may receive a full reward. Everyone who does not abide in the teaching of Christ but goes beyond it does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive and welcome this person into your house. For to welcome is to participate in the evil deeds of such a person. Although I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. 
The children of your elect sister send you their greetings. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, we don't know much about who wrote 2 John. We don't know much apart from the author calling himself the elder. Does this mean he's a senior adult? Does this mean he could be a higher up in church life? Uh, we just don't know. We also don't know the lady who he writes to, although most scholars think lady is synonymous for church, probably some ancient house church. Frankly, we, we don't know much about this letter, but we do know what it is about. It is all about love. I mean, what is the first request the elder makes? Let us love one another. Love was the number one thing the elder thinks the church should be doing. Loving one another to him is paramount in the effectiveness of Christ's work in the world. You know, my impression is the church often fails at keeping loving one another our primary focus. Don't get me wrong, it's not that we don't love our Christian brothers and sisters in our hearts, but loving others actively is not always the first priority for us. Instead, our church life can be largely consumed with meetings and denominational worries and property upkeep and floral decorations. And, and while all these things can be important, I ask you this, when was the last time you went to church with the sole purpose of loving another church member? When have you last met with church members not to discuss building campaigns or disaffiliation, uh, but to meet with them just to simply see how they are doing, to ask them how their soul is? You know, we, we can't let getting things done in the church overshadow loving the church. After all, actively loving one another is what binds us. It is what keeps us going, even in disagreement. You know, it, it's what kept the early church going uh, when they had no budgets, uh, no personnel, no ministry programs to speak of. It's what kept them going. Perhaps most of all, though, it is how we love each other that shows the world what true community can look like. We must always remember that it is the church's love for each other that teaches everyone else Christ's love for them. Now, let's revisit the question I posed at the beginning of the podcast. What does it mean to love? After all, we are bombarded with ideas of what love means from all directions, from television, from movies, from uh, media, from culture. What is love? What is love really, at least in God's eyes? Well, the elder from 2 John helps us out here. He says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to God's commands. Now, what's fascinating here is that we don't get some dictionary definition of love from the elder. No, when you think of it, it's, it's more of an equation, kind of like E equals MC squared. Here, love equals obedience to God. 
I'm sure this sounds a little odd to you. It sounded odd to me at first, too. Love for each other equals obedience? But I, I, the more and more I thought about it, I, I think the elder wants us to see how interconnected our relationship with God and others really is. You see, we learn to love well when we are taught from the master of love. This is why your walk with God is so, so important. I can't emphasize that enough. Your walk with God is so, so important. You see, your Bible study, your prayer life, your worship are never just about you. Your walk with God is what helps others experience Christ's love in you. Your walk with Christ is what helps you be a better parent, be a better daughter, a better son, a better church member, a better citizen. Your discipleship impacts those around you. Conversely, when you abandon your discipleship, your love for others will inevitably weaken. It will. It, it might even become the opposite of what love is. You know, I've had plenty of moments in relationships where I have said or done things I now regret. I wish I could take back. And I wonder, I do wonder at times, how things could have gone differently if only I had been walking more faithfully with Jesus. You know, 2 John reminds us the meaning of love is not found in a dictionary, but in a person, Jesus Christ. We find real love when we follow Him. Now we get to the last section of 2 John. When you read this, you might say, what in the world does this section have to do with love? The elder seemingly takes a sharp left turn and goes into this lengthy warning and condemnation of people who do not acknowledge Jesus coming in the flesh. Most scholars believe this elder is combating the rampant heretical teachings of Gnosticism and Docetism in the latter half of the first century. Among other things, these heretics believed Jesus wasn't really human, but just appeared to be. The reasoning behind this for them is that you know, they figured God would never sully himself with sinful, corruptible humanity. That, that God would never get, you know, dirty by becoming an actual human. Well, the elder rails against this idea, even calling these heretics antichrists. Jesus is both divine and human. There's no question in his mind. Now, this may be a leap, but I do not think the elder talks about loving each other in one paragraph and then talks about the incarnation in the next by accident. I don't think it's by accident. They seem absolutely related when you read it closely. I believe the elder is so adamant about the incarnation here because it is in the incarnation we learn what real love is all about about. It is by God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, it is by God precisely sullying himself in the flesh, that we see the extent of his love. This is what we celebrate this Advent season, the coming of Emmanuel, which means God with us, fully and completely with us, not just in the good times, but also in the difficult ones. 
He came to know and feel life's hurts, pain, and brokenness that we feel. This is true Christ-like love here, to bend low and meet a person right where they are. Jesus didn't just become similar to us. Uh, Jesus became one of us. And we are called to meet people where they are too. As I mentioned at the beginning, I, I am a father of three toddlers. So we read a lot of Winnie the Pooh. One story of Winnie the Pooh comes to mind when I think about the Incarnation. It goes like this. It occurred to Pooh and Piglet that they hadn't heard from Eeyore for several days. So they put on their hats and coats and trotted across the hundred-acre wood to Eeyore's stick house. Inside the house was Eeyore. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh. Hello, Pooh. Hello, Piglet, said Eeyore in a glum-sounding voice. We just thought we'd check in on you, said Piglet, because we hadn't heard from you, and so we wanted to know if you were okay. Eeyore was silent for a moment. Am I okay? he asked eventually. Well, I don't know, to be honest. Are any of us really okay? That's what I ask myself. All I can tell you, Pooh and Piglet, is that right now I feel really rather sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, which is why I haven't bothered you, because you wouldn't want to waste your time hanging out with someone who is sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, would you now? Pooh looked at Piglet, and Piglet looked at Pooh, and they both sat down, one on either side of Eeyore in his stick house. Eeyore looked at them in surprise. What are you doing? he asked. We're sitting here with you, said Pooh, because we are your friends, and true friends don't care if someone is feeling sad or alone or not much fun to be around at all. True friends are there for you anyway. And so here we are. Oh, said Eeyore. Oh. And the three of them sat there in silence. And while Pooh and Piglet said nothing at all, somehow, almost imperceptibly, Eeyore started to feel a very tiny little bit better. Because Pooh and Piglet were there. No more, no less. This Christmas, may we remember that Christ showed us He loved us by being there for us, sitting with us in the flesh. May we remember this great incarnational love. And furthermore, may we learn to practice it ourselves to practice it with our church family, to practice it in our neighborhood, and to practice it wherever we go. Love is this, walking with Christ into the lives of others, wherever they are. Or as Paul once said to another church, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross.